Welcome, everybody. Episode 35, live from my drum room with Stan and Jerry Kiawa from Pro Drum in Hollywood. Been really looking forward to this one. Um, I'm going to try to keep it together uh, without laughing the whole time because these two guys are are just some of the funniest guys I've ever known. I, I don't want to oversell it, but um, they're pretty quick-witted. They're just a couple of funny, funny, great guys. So uh, thanks for watching. First of all, it's good to see uh, some folks watching so far here. All right. Without further ado, I've, I've, uh, I've wasted enough time already. Jim Catalano. Yes, yes, yes. Stan and Jerry are the real deal. I'm going to bring on Please give a warm welcome. Who knows what they're doing right now to Stan and Jerry Kiawa, Pro Drum hey! Hollywood. What's going on, man? What's up, Johnny? Yeah, good to see you guys. Wow. Good. Man, thanks for being here, guys. I, I know you got drums to sell. You got, you got as we say, shit to do, but thanks for taking time to hang with me here. Uh, oh, F them, man. Nobody's working anyhow. What the hell's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> that's right it's a, everybody watching this pretends to be at work but they're just on facebook right now watching judge judy yeah <laughs> oh man what's yeah, up, great to see you. <laughs> wow hey guys thank you uh, you know i tell you well there's quite quite a few folks watching i just had to take a quick look and uh we just got a comment from our old friend Jim Catalano who said, Stan and Jerry are the quintessential pros in the drum retail world. Ludwig's association with pro drum started way back with their dad, Bob Yeager. The chief always said that Bob, Stan and Jerry are the real deal. So, Wow. That's nice. Jim, I love Jim. I miss right. him. Yeah, now I got to send him the 10 bucks now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we love Jimmy. I miss him. Just, yeah. like, just like I miss you coming in. Oh man, Those I know. Things, man, it was great times. I know, I do. I, I, I try to. Any time I'm out there now, I always try to come in and see you guys. And sure, and thank it's, you. It's yeah, absolutely. And and it's. I don't know if you guys know. This is silly to even say it, but I was on your website. At, I don't know a couple months ago, and I was. I wanted to buy some stuff, and and uh, I ended up buying a, a hat a couple of shirts and a, and a license plate. I don't know if you see those online orders or not, but oh yeah, I'll sure get the license. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I get the license plate. I, I took a picture and put it on Facebook. It's, 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 I wish it could be more money. I'll, I'll spend more down the road. I yeah. Hey, you, you got room for two more sets in that room right there. I see. I do. Yeah. I, I got, I got another room full of drums. It's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's pretty, uh, you got a problem. I know. Well, man, I'm so glad you guys are still here. And after this year we've had, you guys have managed to like keep it going. And and yeah, that was some scary times around April. I'll tell you, man, it was like a doomsday. The, the best thing about all of that was the traffic. Yeah. Traffic is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Oh, I love that. We should have COVID every 10 years. Uh, <laughs> how, I know. I can only imagine what that must've been like to get on the four or five and like nobody or the one oh one. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, because yeah, we, right. we we stayed open the whole time. We did more things out the back door. Because Southern California, they just buckled us down big time. We're just now coming out of uh, not even getting near fifty percent capacity still. You know, with this governor going on here, so yeah. it's been a little slow going on last April and May. But then all of a sudden, boy, it just started getting crazy when everybody's getting that extra money there. You know, the unemployment was popping through. Yeah, the online stores just blew up. So yeah. It tripled and quadrupled. So it kept That's us in business. Great. That's great, man. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I I, I followed you guys, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I stand and I would stay in touch with phone calls and texts and everything. And, and just, For sure. yeah, you guys are such an institution that, that uh, you know. A mental institution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I gotta I gotta tell you this quick funny story that I I, to, I told you about when we were off off the air, but uh-huh. and I I know you guys won't remember this because you tell you do so many funny things in the course of a day that this is just another one of those things. But I was in hanging with you guys, and I don't know if it was when I was still working for Zildjian or after. I don't know when this was, but I, there were only a couple of people in the store, and we're all shooting the shit, and the phone rings, and Jerry goes to take the call maybe in the office or something. I just, we could, you and I stand or chat and I could hear Jerry on the phone. Uh-huh. And Jerry comes back to join our conversation. And he says, man, that was, that was like, 
somebody looking for a donation. You know, they're like, they said, I'm a nonprofit and we're looking for a donation. And Jerry says, I said, you know, man, we're a nonprofit too. How about you ask a donation? <laughs> yeah. We haven't made a profit in 62 years. Yeah, that's our ongoing <laughs> line, Johnny. We're a nonprofit. I go, buddy, we've been nonprofit for 60 freaking years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. Man, it killed, yeah, it killed me. It killed me. That was hilarious. Oh, oh. Well, you know, talking about 62 years, man, I, I uh, it's unbelievable. It, it's, are you guys the oldest uh, drum shop in, you know, still in business now? I mean, I think so. I think for just drums, we are. For just drums, for just you know, drums, only yeah. percussion. I think Jack's drum shop at one time, I think was, was up and going, but I don't know if they're around anymore or not. Uh, in, Ma- in Boston, Jack's drum shop, right? Yeah, Jack's, yeah, Jack's has a small, I mean, I guess technically, Kenny sold the shop that he had in right in downtown Boston yeah. by Berkeley. And he's got a little place down in Cape Cod where he lives. And um, yeah, maybe technically if he's, if he still has the name over the door, but, but in terms of like. Oh, family yeah, owned. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I have to say it's just a drum shop. I guess I don't know any other place. I mean, you gotta be insane <laughs> to, to stick with the same family business for this log. It's just forget if you know, oh, it's like, don't man. do it. Yeah, our kids got smart. They got educated. They got out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said they said when their t- when their turn came to to come work like you guys did as as teenagers, they went ah right. no thanks. Yeah, it's a different world. Yeah, I came home from school and I'm thinking I'm I, you know I'm a junior in high school. I'm I'm going hey mom and uh, Bob, you know I'm thinking about college. Uh, they're like college. We want a drum shop. What do you need college for? <laughs> they kept me young and dumb. <laughs> You're old and dumb. Not old and dumb. Oh shit. Oh well, talk about an education, man. I, I you know, oh, absolutely. yeah, that's people are an education. You learn more from people than I think uh, anything. Just interacting every day's world, you know. That's so. Yeah. That's that helps big time. Thank you, yeah. wise. Seeing those pictures of you guys when you're when you're kids, like coming in, I'm guessing on Saturdays, you probably Bob had you come yeah. in on Saturdays. Yeah, I used to take my drum lessons with Pete Magadini in 67, 68. Yeah. And yeah. uh I worked the rest of the day out, make my seven dollars a buck an hour, you know. And uh there was in, in summertime when we were out of school, we'd work pretty much six days a week, even at you know, yeah, kids, summertime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then I, I got on a work permit at uh, high school. I'd leave high school at 1230, drive to work every day, and then uh, work Saturday. So I was working six days a week back then. Yeah. So wow. it's pretty crazy. But it was fun, no, yeah. John. Don't, don't, don't get yeah. us wrong. I mean, it was. I know. I know. We were, we were lucky enough to brush shoulders with the big boys. You know, the, you know as I, I, I played piano, our dad was a real uh, great piano player himself. Yeah. Um, our real dad. Stan Kiawa, he he wrote the Rin Tin Tin theme song, in fact, the TV show. and he did the Chevy show for a while in the late 50s and things. So I was playing a little bit of piano at, at a young age doing that. And uh, we've always had a musical background. And Jerry was playing bass at the time. Yeah. And then we met Bob. And then before you know it, I got interested in drums. I was like 11 years old, 12 years old. And I was taking my lessons. So that that's how that kind of all started into it. Oh, and and Jerry, you play drums too, right? Do you, you or just bass? Not uh, just bass. Dabbled on the drums a little bit. You know, it's funny. I always wanted to be a drummer, and when mom, you know, mom played bass. My real dad's piano player. They were going to buy me a drum set, you know, but you know, they ended up not getting along, and the divorce happened. And then, and then Bob, then my, uh, then my mom meets Bob Yeager, and I'm thinking this guy owns a drum shop. It's like winning the lottery. I'm like, oh my god. I, you know, now, but, but Bob was a, you know, ex, ex Marine, very military and here a kid, here's a practice pad and a pair of sticks, you know, prove yourself. And I'm thinking, yeah. wait a minute, I'm like nine years old going, you got to buy my love. I, I need a big drum set. <laughs> I don't need a practice pad. And so, so it was like, it, so it was like tough for me. I was, you know, oh, I stand in it. You know, he's, he's got great fundamental rudimentals, but he's a little mentally screwed up. But I'm, <laughs> so I, I'm just a little hack. I'm a hack. And, and I, and I started to get down with the bass pretty good, but my bass, my bass teacher, you know, was teaching me jazz and big band, and it's like 1968 rock was coming into its own. You were on the Tonight yeah. Show, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, Herbie McMahon, Herbie, Tonight Show. Yeah. He was my teacher, so he goes, uh, he, he always, we always butted heads at these lessons, but he loved the sound of my bass, and I'm like, you know, so he goes, 
you know, you're you're not really cutting as a bass player, he tells me. So he tells Bob, you know, you're wasting your money on the lessons. He uh, He's not getting it. So Bob goes, okay, we're going to stop the lessons. And he goes, oh, hey, by the way, can I buy his bass? And, uh, so I, I get home from school and Bob goes, hey, uh, uh, Jerry, you're not taking any more bass lessons. I go, great, fantastic. I go to my bedroom, my bass is gone. I go, hey, where's my bass? I sold it to your teacher. I'm like, oh, chat, I'm a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was that end of my bass career right there. Oh man, and and that prepared you for your future of being a salesman, like knowing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Stan's going to come in one day, and you're going to say, "Oh, Stan, I sold you your desk chair to." <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I sold the drum shop. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got fifty dollars. <laughs> oh no, you can't ever sell that shop. You can never sell it. No, no, this is a lifing. Yeah. We're, we're, we got a life sentence here. That's all there is. Yeah, we're going to work here until we die. Work here until we die. That's no. about it. Kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about the 60s, you know, I, I made a couple of notes of just some things that I wanted to make sure. I mean, definitely sure. want to talk about Bob and, 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 and Bob's, you know, influence on the whole drum market. I mean, I, I never knew him. I met him one time when I moved out there, uh, but I, I, I can't say that I knew him, but I know he, he has a legendary connection to you know he oh, had absolutely. had a, with everybody you know at the time he was a people man that's for damn sure i mean, yeah. I mean he was uh you know him and he went to new he was born in ohio went to new york to play drums after after the war world war ii of course and uh he used to hang out in new york uh, at harlem and, and all the various other places he was a great player himself but he yeah. knew everybody everybody loved him Freddie yeah. Gruber and Bob used to eat out of trash cans in New York for food. I mean, at the, during tough, rough times wow, when they used man. to room together. But he knew all, them all, Elvin, Art, Max. You know, it, it was just a yeah. certain hang thing. And then he went on the road with Tex Benneke's big band in the mid-50s. And he wound up uh, going around in L.A. area. I think they're playing somewhere at the uh, in Hollywood here. I forgot the name of the place. The Palladium. And Bob says, man, this is great. He got into a big scene with Tex. He got fired. He says, good, I'm staying here. He goes, if I'm going to starve as a musician, I'm going to starve where it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> Smart man. So that's how he wound up here and wound up going over to Drum City, working yeah. with uh, Remo Belly. Yeah, Roy Hart. Roy Hart at the time, around 56, 57, just before the Plastic Drum Heads came out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where he met Chuck Molinari. And somehow they got Remo left. Bob yeah. got into a beef with uh, Roy. Roy, and then uh, he, he decided, "Screw this! I'm going to open up my own store." Yeah, I'm going to open up my own drum shop and put you out of business. That's, that's what I told him. That's what he told him. Which, right around the corner, here we are. <laughs> and he, and I mean, that was it, right? I mean, drums, that, that was, was it. Fifty nine, yeah. and uh, it was right across the street from the Union Musicians Union, which was a at that time that was a swinging place. That they got you gigs. They did. They did what unions are supposed to do. Yeah, back yeah. in those days, you know. But uh, it was a different world, Def definitely a different world. And that's how it all started. But, man, what a visionary because he he, oh, he yeah. settled out there at a time when, like, it was just starting to really explode, right? I mean, that was when. Oh, absolutely. That was it, 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 everybody had a gig, whether it be a cocktail hour gig or that yeah. night at the same place would have your, your main attraction. Yeah, there wasn't enough drummers. That's <laughs> what's crazy about it. it, it oh, man. Bob used to tell me he used to get calls all the time here at the store for a drummer, looking, you know, for another gig. Because everybody would get a gig, and then they find another gig that pays more money, so they get somebody else to sub for them. It's just an ongoing thing. Pretty crazy, crazy time. Oh, wow, what a, what a time that had to be. Oh yeah, you know? and, yeah. And Bob, Bob, he got along so well with everyone. He, Bill Ludwig and him were very close at the time. Yeah. And uh, Slingerland, I, I don't know if it was Bud Slingerland was still alive at that time or not, but uh, all of those guys, he was like a first name basis. And, and hell, uh, Bob and, and Bill flew to uh, Switzerland when they started this the standard symbols. Yes. Standard I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Got him involved with all that. Which which turned bad. Yeah, <laughs> Bob, Bob ended up. I think it's in the, the Bill Ludwig book how Bob lost them millions of dollars before because he got the two together and yeah. Ludwig standard symbols. They were great symbols for the money, 
but they would crack a little easier. And this is what, remember, this is when the Beatles started, 64, 65, hit big, and everybody wanted to play drums or guitar yeah. or bass. I mean, there's a next generation going on here. And so everybody's smacking and smashing yeah. on these cymbals, and they're, they're just they're breaking them. <laughs> they're breaking them. So we're, you know, everybody's sending them back to Ludwig. Ludwig's replacing them. And then uh, six months go by, and Ludwig talks to the Pisces and say, hey, we need to return these, these cracked cymbals and get our money back. And they're like, we didn't authorize that. <laughs> you're, you're on your own on that one. And that, that was a big ordeal there. Yeah. So that that got I, into the, the friendship. <laughs> I've heard I've heard most bits and pieces of that story. Yeah, that's that's a pretty legendary story. The uh, absolutely. Yeah. But but Bob was also instrumental in like helping. Was he instrumental in helping like design like the six o twos, or did he have like a some input in in like. Y- yes, R&D he did. Or, yeah, I think that yeah. was it the 2002. Um, I think it well, I know there was the original 2002 because we have a oh. a sign out front. They Piesty made a big square symbol that says, Don't be square, play Piesty. And it's the original done. slogan, yeah. 1971, Bob Yeager. So oh. I think that's when the two in the 2002s were kind right. of introduced right then. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's funny, he was at the factory. And there's a picture of Bob hitting a symbol. He's got a funny look on his face. And he, they go, what do you think? And Bob goes, that's rude. And he's like, and then boom, they call it the rude symbol. That's how the, that's how that came. <laughs> we got we have we have the picture here on the wall of that exact moment. So, but he called it, he, he named the 2002 rude. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. Pretty. It's crazy. Yeah. That and the, the Remo practice pad set. He had his hand in that one. With, nope, uh, I didn't know that. I either. think Louis Bell said, "Yeah, it was Louis." Because Louis, I think, at the time was vice president. A lot of people don't know that of Remo. Yeah. They're you know, way early in the early years, and Irv um, Kotler, Irv Kotler, Louis, and Bob had their hand on that little five-piece practice pad set up. Like yeah. That. So for a for for a thank you to Bob for inventing this thing, Remo <laughs> sent them the first one off the <laughs> off the showroom off the factory. And so, so there's there's Bob, uh, Irv Kotler, Louie. Bob's playing it, and, and Irv and Louie Belson are, are going like this. <laughs> Great photo. So uh, I think Bob got shorted on that deal. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Maybe just a little, a little bit. bit. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, it was crazy. really crazy, Johnny, and when the Beatles hit that, the show on TV. Yeah, 64. Yeah. 64. Man, people went nuts. Bob, uh, I think Bob gave the the largest order ever to Ludwig had at the time. One hundred drum sets, one per day to be shipped. And we, we used to have a uh, another warehouse at Howie Oliver. Uh, used yeah, to, used uh, to be the Coinga. manager on Coinga here, and uh, man, it was just flying yeah, out the door. Five, five drum sets a day being sold, and then we you know, then go to the next to go to the warehouse, pick out more, set of five more. This went on for the next year. It was yeah, like it, it was insane. Was that like, Sullivan show, man, just started all that mess. Wow. I, you know, again, I, I, that was something I wanted to ask you guys about. I didn't know that you were selling that many drum sets. I knew that you were selling a ton, oh, yeah. but that's unbelievable. Yeah. We kept all the records from uh, how much money we grossed every year from day one, and it doubled in 64 that fast. Our, our business just boom and then it just kept doubling after that it was yeah because I, I mean it really it, it kept going for a long time maybe not well, absolutely yeah oh yeah yeah our generation johnny i mean it, it was something yeah. new for us you know bob's yeah. was the bebop and from swing to bebop to, to to just regular jazz small quartets and things to boom rock and roll here we go yeah and 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 probably selling maybe more ludwig than everything but still selling yes. and gretch and rogers oh, yeah. and Yep, all definitely. the other guys, yeah. Yep. You know, yeah, Aaron, you know. Sorry, what were you going to say? I'm just going to say, you know, each drum company almost had their position. Like, you know, Slingerland was swing, Gretsch yeah. was bop, you know, yeah. known as, and then Ludwig. Uh, Ludwig was kind of swing too, of course, but then they they were a little silent there for a while, and then bam, sixty four, and then yeah. there you go. Thanks to Ringo. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys, I'm sure have heard this, but Armand, you know, had told me this story and and uh, Armand Zildjian, for anybody who doesn't know who Armand is. And uh, 
it's it's documented in one of the Zildjian books that after 1964, Zildjian was back ordered like over 90,000 symbols. Just <laughs> wow! As, as a result of like what you guys are saying, just so many yeah. kids overnight wanted to be drummers. Yeah. And and to your point about the the standard symbols, it's like they just wanted to get their hands on anything. Not that the standard symbols sure. weren't nice symbols, but they they any drum set, any symbol, anything they could get. They just wanted to play, and uh, yeah, what a well, time, yeah. you know. Well, well, Bill Lovey used to give those symbols away with the drum set; they were free. Right. That, that's how that was the whole deal on that one. But yeah, yeah. buy a Lovey drum set. Really, it was a buy a Lovey drum set at full retail, and you got your Zildjian symbols for free. It's kind of how. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and 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 now you guys. I mean, it's to see how things have changed. Obviously, it's it's yeah. Um, it's a it's a different world i know but i what i guess what i was going to say what i love about your shop and i think everybody watching this that's been to your shop loves about it is you know you guys have, have changed with the times like you know with the online business and, and have had to adapt but yeah. you go into your shop and it still has that vibe of like what all of us remember being a yeah. cool drum shop was like you know like we just left it alone i mean and, and yeah. bob you know, we watched how Bob interacts with people. I mean, there is no yeah. color here. There is no uh, a great drummer, bad drummer. I mean, yeah. just the way Bob reacted to everybody. We just kind of watched that, and uh, we just stepped it up ourselves. Yeah. That same idea. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah that's right. Own, you know, and that's yeah. the other thing that, that brings a lot of people in. It's our all our hands-on repairs. You usually while you wait, you know, as best we can. Because a lot of this shit breaks fast nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. They look all fancy, dancy, this and that, but man, yeah, they have it strong in the wrong places sometimes. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's funny. It's when you said broke. Yeah, we in the back in the good old days, we were broken into more back then than we have in the last twenty years. We've had one break in in twenty years. Back then, it was like once every two years or once a year. Yeah. But somebody would smash a window, grab it. It was funny. We had a the 71, the, the Vista light with the lights in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. the, window, the window with the lights totally, on it. Yeah. They broke the window, pushed that shit out of the way, and stole the Gretsch kit. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, I was like, in the, that was in the 70s, 71. Yeah. So, but it's funny how we got, you know, they, they would knock a hole, hole in the wall. In the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. And then they'd use our snare drum rack as a ladder. So they kind of knew where to cut the hole. And then they, they were stealing all the Zildjian cymbals. But it's funny. All the 22-inch cymbals were on the ground. They couldn't get them through the hole. That wasn't, it wasn't big enough. So they took the 20s, the 18s, and the 16s. Take uh, this out. Yeah. Then we then we had to put the sensors in, you know, because that was yeah. like, oh, another world. And this is all back in the good old days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's too uh, funny. That is too crazy. funny. Uh, man, I, I remember the the party you guys threw for the 50th back in 2009. Uh, uh, probably wearing my 50th anniversary shirt. And that's uh, it. Right on. Yeah. And and yeah, I'm excited about the 75th and the hundredth. Those are gonna be some some great parties. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Bring in my your, wheelchair. Bring your own drool cup. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully everybody watching this right now is going to get online at some point soon, maybe today, and buy some stuff from you guys. <laughs> I mean, we even take them. stolen credit cards, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, so, yeah. uh, I'm going to read you a couple of comments here, guys. You guys are good for time, right? You got a little bit yeah, more yeah. time? Yeah, nobody's oh. walked in yet. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I should tell everybody these guys are you know, they're open for business right now, so they're nice enough to make time to do this. So thanks, you guys. But um, our old friend Mike Balter said Stan oh, is a master repairman. Yeah, he can make lemons into sweet lemonade. I think is what it said. I lemons, <laughs> yeah, a little extra vodka. <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah, <laughs> right on. I love Mike. He's a yeah, good guy. Yeah. Right on, Michael. Yeah, Go Dodgers, by the way, Mike. We're sucking lately. Mike's an average <laughs> Cubs fan. We always talk baseball. Yeah, he's Cubs first and Dodgers second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, my Red Sox are doing pretty well this year. They're yeah, they a are. Good little start. Yeah, you're taking our players. Well, <laughs> Sorry, we got Mookie. 
Yeah, I was going to say, we're giving up good ones, too. Yeah, you are. All right. That's besides the point. All right. I'm going to just see if I can. Uh, Pro Drum is a drummer's Disneyland. Greg Mendoza said. Oh, great, the happiest great. place on earth. Right on, Greg. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You got a lot of lot of love out there, guys. Yeah. I mean, we, fans. We, we pour the Kool-Aid out when they come in, and, and some of them drink too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the get-togethers, though, man. And this this whole year, you know, like Jimmy Gatson came in the other day. First time in one year I haven't seen him. He's always coming in because he's always in the studio somewhere around here. Yeah. But uh, it was nice to see him. I miss all the friends that, that come in and stuff. Our Christmas party, our clinics, you know. It, it's, it's Everything's on hold till next year again, yeah. Yeah. you know, the way it is. They're not opening up any venues soon, so. Well, but, I don't uh, know. I, it might be different where, where I am back here, but um, the last couple of days have been really encouraging, like good news with the whole mask well, yeah. thing. And yeah, um, so it I is. hopefully it'll be the same out there for you guys. And you can start, like you say, the clinics across the street at the now. Do you still do them? Is the union still there or did I hear? No, no, they sold that piece a lot for like twenty five million dollars. Yeah, took, took the money and ran three years ago. <laughs> Three years ago. That's right. I think I remember you telling me. Yeah. Yeah, it changed. Uh, but but in store clinics are, are they, you know, we, we clear this place out. We can still get about 150 people in here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, for, so absolutely. It, yep. It works out and, good. Yeah. That's great. And <clears throat> sorry. Talking about James, uh, James Gadsden, I was going to say you mentioned all the relationships that Bob had with, you know, oh, Elvin yeah. and all the guys. And I mean, yeah. you know, the I mean, the fact that, like Buddy was a pretty regular fixture too when he was in town, right? He'd come in. And yes, he was. Yeah, him and, and him and Bob and Buddy. You got the, they, again. He's one of the guys that he met when he lived in New York in the early fifties. And uh, yeah, anytime Buddy was in town, yeah, he, you know, great friends, really, really good, good friends. In fact, he, Buddy stole your beans. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mom sent you know four <laughs> bowls of beans with our names on them, and then uh, so Bob's opened his, had his beans going. Buddy came in. And Buddy said, What's, what are we eating over there? He goes, What's some beans here? Have Jerry's. So, <laughs> so Buddy's eating my bean. I go to the fridge, my, my bowl's gone. And then about a week what? later, he goes, he, That's when Buddy had his heart attack. And all of a sudden, I'm getting blamed for his heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so he ate my beans. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Uh, oh, God. See, this, 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 is, this is the real shit we're getting to right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I killed Buddy Rich. Jerry <laughs> killed him. Oh, oh man. That's too that's funny. Crazy. Too funny. God. Oh, man. And, I mean, I can only imagine, too, like, during that time with Hal and Earl and, and all the guys working in, in the studios, like, you know. Oh, yeah. It was, it was silly. Sessions a day. Yeah. The Carnage Company guys were driving BMWs. Yeah. I mean, that's how busy yeah. it was. It was crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Insanity. No doubt. And uh, I remember Shelly Mann, you know, he, with uh, Jerry Williams. I don't know if you know Jerry John Williams' brother, what it is. Yes, I do. Yes. Yep. I, and I know Jerry Williams, Williams, he's yep. a great studio guy. And uh, yep. Shelly came, or Jerry Williams came in and said, I just got finished over at Paramount with Shelly. And Shelly turned to me and said, I never knew I would be making this much money on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's doing all those TV shows and all the motion pictures and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than yeah. the normal That's Shelly funny. man and his men. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Shelly would come in a lot in between sessions to use our restroom. And I, and I, and I he'd be in there yelling because he's yelling, what kind of paper? What kind of? <laughs> no, hey, Bob, where the fuck did you get this toilet paper? It's like, it's like sandpaper. And then, then Jaeger yells at him. <laughs> Why don't you go take a shit at Trump City? <laughs> this is the type of shit we watched. You know, as young people go, wow, who are these people? Uh, I mean, he had the door swung open, drawers down, yelling. Yeah, crazy. We had a lot of incidents in that bathroom. And oh, yeah. Can you, you, you tell you one of them right now? Oh, yeah. I've got one with that one. I don't think I've ever told us on air. But <laughs> anyhow, we were kind of crowded. It was just me and, and, and a kid working here. I don't think Jerry was here at the time. And Andy Florio. Remember Andy Florio? I do, yeah. 
he's like one of the first guys to ever start collecting when, it, when collecting wasn't hip, you know, in the 50s and 60s and things. So we were good friends and everything. I've known him. This has got to be uh, mid-70s, I think, yeah. this happened. So I, we're crowded. I'm at the, the front counter there. And all of a sudden, Andy goes into the restroom. And a few minutes later, I hear this, Stan Lee. I go, what? What's that? Stan Lee. And, and then he opens the door and yells, Stan Lee, come here. So I go over there. And I'll be damned, he's got his dick stuck in his zipper. And the thing, and we're bleeding all over the place. I go, oh my God, Andy. So I, I grab the thing, go zip. Boom, there you go, Andy. Wash my hands and go back to the counter. That'll be $5. It was horrible. But somebody I'm had to do it. Your, I'm glad you washed your hands. Oh my God. So that's the type of thing that goes on here. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I've had I've done that. I know the pain he was going through, so I quickly helped him. I'm, I'm sure he never forgot it. Oh my God! No, we talked about laughed about it for decades. Oh my God! Oh my God! It's crazy. <clears throat> that is that's pretty damn crazy, huh? I, I appreciate you guys telling these stories on on my show. This is, is going to make it even more special. <laughs> Hey, can you guys can you guys relate that? I, I know there's a story about um, George Harrison coming in to oh, buy yeah, a drum great. kit. Yeah, tell maybe you can tell that. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> the backup on this one, <clears throat> we called it. Oh, hold on, I'm choking on my tongue. Uh, we call it the greatest day in the history of pro drum <laughs> because <laughs> what this is this is 1983. We just we talked Bob into we got to take these things called credit cards, Bob. You know, everybody just doesn't have the cash anymore. Yeah. So we, he agreed. We took credit cards. And then two weeks later, we get a chargeback. He comes in yelling and screaming at us, going, you're going to ruin the place. We're going to go out of business. This credit card. So we're, but we were like, we're like, oh, no, you know. So he goes, this is the law. I don't give a shit who comes in. You call the credit card number in. We're like thinking, all right, we we we'll do it because we want to we want to keep using it. It's the younger generation now. So then, for, of course, the first customer of the day comes in. It's Neil Diamond to buy his son a drum set, and I'm and I'm like I'm waiting on him, and he and, and, I, and I and all I'm thinking about is please don't give me a credit card. So he comes to twenty eight hundred dollars. He hands me a credit card, and I'm like, oh shit! I go to the rotary phone. To call the number in. Oh, so man. I, I, I give the guy the number, and the guy on the phone goes, uh, hey, that's Neil Diamond's credit card. I go, yeah. I go, is it any good? He goes, is it Neil Diamond? <laughs> 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 so he's mocking me. So then right around 5 o'clock, we get a phone call from Jim Keltner. Jim says, hey, I'm running late. Can you guys stay open a little bit? We're like, yeah, Jim, for you, sure. No problem. Jim comes in with George Harrison. And, and and we're like, oh shit! And this is this is the '83. He goes, uh, yeah. He, he goes, uh, George wants to buy Ringo a Christmas present. We're like, great. So what does Bob do? Bob grabs him and takes him to the most expensive thing in the house, and that's the that was the 19. 19- 1983 Gretsch 100th anniversary drum set. And I'm so glad he did it because it dates the time when he came in because he Bob tried to sell it to him. So yeah. then. So he ended up, no, he, Ringo's got plenty of drums, he says. I just want to give him a little couple of, st- you know, stocking stuffers. So it's, it's like he bought him a couple of Zildjian T-shirts, a couple of sticks with lights in them that light up. And then we're all standing back. He hands Bob a credit card the day he <laughs> laid the law down. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, no. Yeah, you're going to call it in, Bob. <laughs> so Bob. So Bob didn't call it in. And so he had to eat crow the day he laid the law. That's why we call it the greatest day in history program. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that. I love that story. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm guessing it's probably, the card's probably okay if it belongs to George. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't know that Neil Diamond had been in that day, though. That's hilarious. Like, That's is the, the card yeah. any good? Is it Neil Diamond? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy shit. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, and wow. and I, I think Stan, you posted up on Facebook recently a picture of Jim Gordon. Uh-huh. Who he was he was a regular customer. On, on yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. was here all the time. Jim used to come in with his mom, and no Bob used to tell me about that. And his mom 
you know, used to just be a little rough on them. A little rough on them. A little hard. You know, make up your mind. What's the matter with you? Da, 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 you know, you know that, that, that style. They Bob told me that when, when the sad news came down, they flipped out. But oh, uh, Jimmy was always coming in. He always dressed kind of square, I thought, for the time. But that's just yeah. the way he was. He had the A1 slacks. He didn't have the Levi's and the and the hippie thing going on at all. And it's just like 68, 69 that I remember seeing him. Yeah. He was always super nice, always cool. Yep. You know, he was always busy. I mean, one of the main reasons why a lot of these people did come into this store, because there's a ton of studios around us. So it was not like they had to drive 20 miles to go see us or whatever, which a lot of them did, but... Yeah. That's how lucky that we were. We were in the center of the situation going on at the time. I mean, you had Gold Star up the street, the one block yeah. away where all that shit was done. Yeah, Chrysalis Studio. I, mean, I could probably hit it with a rock. You know? Yeah. So, so we'd see these guys a lot, you know, during the breaks and things. So Paramount Studios is right behind us. Yep. On top yep. of that. So, you know, so we were lucky in that sense that, that we were able to see these guys a yep. lot. And they came in to yeah. use our bathroom. And they came in to use the bathroom. <laughs> Even Pete Thomas does that. <laughs> hey, do, you, do you guys still have that movie studio uh, a couple of doors down that makes certain kinds of movies? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's usually in Chatsworth. Yeah, yeah, they, oh, okay. Well, I was there one time in, in our Chatsworth area. Yeah. 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 I think. I think Turpak and I rest his soul, the great Steve Turpak. Oh, and I yeah. Paying, Sorry to hear about yeah. Steve. No doubt. I know. Yeah. And I think we were paying you a visit once and, and uh there was some activity, you know, in the back parking lot, there's some activity going on in one of the other buildings, <laughs> and you guys told us there was some some movies, movies being made there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the next day, that's what that's when we, that's when we see the Coney Island squid in the parking lot. Yeah. The okay. guy, oh, guy oh, walked in. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Paxson. Jimmy Paxson goes, "Hey, what's with the Coney Island squid out there?" He goes, what do you mean? The robbers <laughs> in the back parking lot here. I'm going, "Oh my god, that's funny." I never heard of that term. Yeah, I never did either. <laughs> well, Jimmy knows about it. Leave it to Jimmy Paxson, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh my god, too yeah. funny. Too god. funny. You know, and I was just when when I moved out there in '85. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I came into the shop because it was I I'd, I'd known about it. It was a legendary shop, and and you know there and there were I I think back to at that time all the drum I was thinking about this the other day all the drum shops that there were in L.A. that you know you guys had as competitors, but there was always something that made you guys like and and there were some great shops too like oh, Valley Drum there was like six of them I think at one time yeah yeah some some yeah but there was like a you know, there was like you guys were like always a notch above in terms of. I think it was just because everybody Bob, knew pro drum was really where the pros went. Bob, I mean, he, Bob set the standards, man. I'll tell you on that, and we just kept it high. You know, everybody was treated equally. Yep. Yeah, you know, I don't give a shit if you're a movie star or whatever. You got the same amount of time of us. Then I saw that Bob do that a ton of times. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't blow people off at all for a star or whatever. Yeah. And that in our repair situation. I mean, we do tips, yeah. we do vibes, we do marimbas, you name it, pedals. Yeah, and, and try to fix try to fix things right on the spot, you know, which you know, is unheard of. Try to get going. So it, it, we're working like a dog, 11, 12 hours a day. We were popping here for a while. Of course, we're a little slowed down now, but it was insane in the late 70s and the early 80s because there were about six drum shops at the time. It's yeah, true. Man. Yep. Crazy. You guys never, you guys never, um, cave to the whole electronic <laughs> we tried one time yeah lost, lost our ass what, what was that guy's name uh, the, 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 what the hell is it? oh was it my old boss glenn thomas yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. glenn you're the guy you're the guy who <laughs> sold the spot on oh, us it wasn't me i it was it was before i got there but I, you yeah. sold us the Last year's model, when the new one was coming out, we were, we were stuck with them. Yeah, well, because we we were offered <laughs> the exclusive, but the, these the, you can only buy your Simmons, the first one at the Pro Drum Shop. That was the whole deal, and we're like, but the deal was we had to buy forty of them, and they were like two, three thousand dollars a piece. I'm thinking, wow. whoa, yeah. how the hell? You know, we're like, 
So we actually, you know, we, we bowed out. We were afraid and we couldn't do it. Not because you know, it would, it would, if it, it would bankrupt us if we, if we yeah. didn't. Go yeah, through. they needed a chain store. So, sure. Yeah. So then, but at that time, Guitar Center had twenty stores. So they they bought them and put two in each store, and then boom, it blew up. And you know, we were definitely down like twenty percent. Oh. Everybody was spending their money. We would have been driving Ferraris. Yeah, all the drummers <laughs> were, were staring at each other. You know, you had the uh, the Lynn machine. Yeah. I think yeah. Kelton did all those. Yeah, Kelton, Kelton ruined that yeah. one. Yeah, and then and then all the drummers in town were saying, "Well, if he's got that, I got to get that. If yeah. I want to get that call for that gig." Yeah. So, so everybody's looking at each other. So away went the uh, acoustic drums. Yeah. For a moment. Isn't that crazy? Like two, years. And then a year later, we got approached by Simmons and said, "Okay, you can buy it now." Because we were we could not buy it up, up until four then. Of them or we bought five four of them. them They're like you know three thousand a piece. And then right after we bought them, the new and improved model came out <laughs> half the cost. It did twice. Oh like no! That. Oh we, yeah. We got stuck with dinosaurs. We went, that's it. Pull the plug. We're not doing it anymore. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, John. Thanks, was, John. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> but I, Stan, I do remember when I was working at DW. I remember you calling me one time in the in the very early early days of DW when they first started to get serious about the drums. Right. You called me up. I love this about you. You just, you know, we were, we were buddies, but you said, Hey Johnny, I just got to tell you, man, you know, we, you know, we were selling direct to people. We were, we were trying to get the drums out there. So, right. Oh, that's you know, right. Yes. Yeah. So we, we get a call from somebody and they'd say, I'm a, I don't know. I, I know this guy and he, you know, I, can I buy a set from you guys? And we, you know, we'd sell a set and you, we were trying to send customers to you guys. Right. But anyway, you called me Stan and you said, well, you know, the guy that you guys are building a kit for, whatever his name is, he came in and priced the kit with me. Uh, and, I, and I guess, and he, and he said, you don't know if you remember the story. And he said something like, well, I got to, uh, yeah, okay. I got to, I got to finish my job. When I finish my job, I'll have enough money to put down on the kit or something. And, and you said to him, are you going on tour? Or are you, you doing a, are you doing a record date? And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm doing, putting some drywall up at this. I'm, I'm a drywall <laughs> you know, I got a drywall business, but you know, and so basically, it was a lesson learned to me that, like, you know, these guys that you can't be selling direct to these oh, guys yeah, that you no. can be selling direct. But, but, to, you know, know, I understand Don Don's position. If I was in that same way, I would have done it. You got to get that name out there. You got to yeah. get moving. You got to see because drummers yeah. talk. They're always yeah. talking. And you see that? You see this and this and that. And uh, you get that name out there, which they did. And then boom, then they then they back away to go back to your dealer situation and it works. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So I I definitely understand that how how that you have to do that. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I know it. It was a it, and luckily for those guys, it was wasn't a long period before, like you say, the name got out there and it and it started to happen. And yeah. You know, Don Don will oftentimes when I see Don at the Nam show, he'll say that, you know, the best thing that I that I ever did for him was to leave DW because their business increased like you know. <laughs> Yeah, 50%. and Zildjian's went down. Yeah, Zildjian's went down. <laughs> he loves to he loves to put his arm around my shoulder, like and introduce me. You know, John here used to work. You know, Don John used to work for me, and uh, the best thing he did was leave because Heard our business trouble. went up. <laughs> Every company uh, you leave, they blow up. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like Mike Brooker when he left Zildjian. Now he's with Aquarian. They're gonna run that one down to the to the ground. Michael, I love oh, Mike. Man. Don't, don't you I love, love all Mike. my reps? They're great. Yeah, we Mike need reps. We love yeah. yeah, even even that guy Paul Holgate, that guy. Uh, <laughs> Les Butts, Scott Cameron. Yeah, yep. all those Les guys. Les Butts are is the shit. Les Butts is, is watching right now. I saw him here somewhere. Oh, there. I just gave him love. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Les, now you got to give him an extra twenty percent. Ah, that's right. That's right. In free okay. freight. <laughs> free free. Oh, <laughs> uh, so so. What are you guys? Um, what do you, what are you seeing for like for like trends of like drum sets? And are you seeing? Uh, well, three three like, piece, four piece kits. Yep. You know, I'm seeing a lot of that big time. Yeah, yeah 22, 24 inch bass drums. You know, 13, 16, most common, I would say. Yep. A lot and all upper lines. We we see yeah. selling more upper lines than, I mean, we haven't sold an entry level kit in six months. Yeah, know, a year. It's kind of which is fine with us. Well, 
Oh, you're there? Yeah. We lost you. So, but, yeah, uh, no, so, yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, of course, there's no teaching going on. There's no uh, the kids. But I bought a, a, a lot of less students nowadays. Yeah. I mean, uh, musical instruments, per se, I think are down all styles of music. Saxophones, yeah, the guitars. Kids, the kids want the instant gratification. The instant gratification. It takes a lot of patience to, to learn an instrument. You know, yeah, I know. And a lot. Yeah. I see a little decline in that for the beginning people. That's for sure. I mean, unless your heart's really into it, then obviously they'll always play. But I think that goes for uh, all instruments throughout the world. Yep. I think you know? you're right. You know, I, I started to see that too. And I think, unfortunately, we, as you guys just pointed out, like it's that instant gratification. And you yeah. I think the fact that too, for me, like when, when we all grew up, there were so many bands and like my neighborhood yeah. had like two or three like bands that, you know, Guys sure. who had bands out of their garage, you know, and well, in California, I mean, they took the music department out of the schools. You never know if somebody was wants to take up the clarinet unless they touch one, right. you know, or has a shot right. and make a take a semester with band. You learn an instrument, violin, you name it, whatever. That's all gone. I know it's the Midwest. It seems to be very huge still in music and you know, in marching and and, and what have you. The the programs are much bigger back east in the Midwest than California. That's for sure. Yep, definitely. Definitely see that. I saw that when I was still at Zildjian too. That that they they were still keeping their programs going, and and you see the difference that it makes. You know, you still see a good, yeah. pretty thriving student business there for people. And yeah. well, sure. I mean, it's just like uh, they took out the wood shop, you know, the metal shop, all that stuff. And you know, in high school, you know, I used to take those. That's what helped me learn the trades that I have now. Um, yeah. You know, things of that nature, you know, I mean, you still got to build things, you got to do things. Not everybody's going to be a computer whiz, you know, right. That's, that's the only drag yeah. about that. I mean, yeah. people need to touch something to see if they even like it. So I if know. you take it away, they have no shot. Yeah. No, I, I, and I don't know what the answer is no. to that either. I think about that too. And I, I got grandkids and I wonder like by the time they're, you know, like in high school, like what, what's going to be left, you know what I mean? And right. And, uh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and and that's why, seriously, you guys are so important that that, that you still have a, a hands-on shop where people can. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's fun. Yeah. The Internet saved our ass, you know, through the April, May of last year and thing. In fact, you know, we're I think we're the only stupid company that expanded during the, during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> we spent more money on, on expanding, but, but it paid off, you know. That's smart. But, yeah. Sometimes the Internet people are not fun. I'll tell you that Oof, they're rough. They, they order something in their underwear at 12 midnight and seven o'clock the next morning. They want to see their goddamn shipping number. Yeah. Relax everybody. But it's still fun. Yeah. You know, it, it, we joke with people, put people down. They put us down. Good. It's called love. It makes it fun. <laughs> Why are you making a buck? Why are you taking a guy's wallet out behind him? <laughs> no but you're right amazon has turned that whole thing into like a, a oh, crazy God. like yeah it's nuts i mean that's right. i get caught up i demand my shit too yeah. when i buy from amazon <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. i, I love it i'm glad stan doesn't come in to buy a drumstick he's a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> charge him full list jerk oh yeah list uh, plus 20 yeah plus 20 and, <laughs> list plus 20 and uh and as far as like drum companies too, and not not to, not to get into all that kind of minutia, but I mean, right. last time I was, which would have been, I guess, not this past Nam, a couple of Nam shows ago, um, I think you were telling me you were selling lots of Gretsch, and uh, mm -hmm. you know that that whole thing is coming. I mean, I, I I only say that because I remember there was time working in the eighties and in drum retail where like the American companies were almost all gone you know at that oh point. yeah it was, it was tom and pearl back, yeah. back yeah. in those days in the 80s yamaha and yamaha yeah and yamaha but to see like recording ludwig come back the way they have and oh it's great uh, yeah yeah everybody needs a dose of the competition keeps you on your toes yeah, yeah. and you know after you know 9 11 it was you know that whole push by american and then right after everything the dust settled after that whole thing we were selling one upper line drum set every day. Of course, all, oh, yeah. all American made. People were like, you know what? I may not be live tomorrow. I'm going to go buy that drum set. It, there I was always a different wanted. little, yeah. yeah. And that was, that just 
whoa, which just blew up. Yeah, numbers numbers showed that. No doubt about it. I didn't know that. That's wow. That's pretty weird. It is. But you can understand that. Now that you say that, I could understand people just having there was so much patriotism at that time that you could see them want to. Well, Bill Fleming, I'm, I know we're getting close to the hour here, but I, Bill Fleming okay. is asking for you guys to tell the Alex Van Halen story. So maybe you can tell uh, him. Uh, oh, yes. Great one. Uh, okay. Let me see. Uh, I, you know, uh, Rob Kern was the, he was kind of the road manager and tech for Alex. So he, yeah. he I'd always deal with him for all the parts and everything he needed. The, uh, so he, he, he happened to come in and he, we had a North drum set that just, showed up it was all the guy had it in his garage it was dusty dirty just all in a pile so he goes uh, hey jerry what are you doing with that drum set i go yeah we're just gonna sell it uh, and he goes can you hold it for a day and i go yeah so next day he comes in with him and i david weidelman i think he was the artist relation at guitar center and i recognized yeah, yeah, yeah. him and yeah. a third guy kind of a shorter guy and i'm thinking oh, he, oh rob brought a helper i said to myself and then uh, so he goes so I go, he goes, where, where are they? I go, we put them over here. So I grab the third guy. I go, hey, help me, help me carry him out. After you hit him in his shoulder. Yeah. So then I go, so, he, up. so he, he, we grab him, we carry him out. They're all dirty and stuff. And, and then Rob goes, Rob goes, uh, he looks at the other guy and he goes, what do you think? I'm thinking, well, why is he asking him? That's crazy. So then he, he goes, the guy nods and he goes, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. So then he writes a check and it says on the check, Eddie Van Halen studio account. So I look at the check and I go, hey, you think I can get an autographed picture of Eddie? <laughs> and so then he goes, uh, I, he looks at the other guy. He goes, I think that's possible. And they're ready to go. And I give the guy a big push. I go, by the way, what's your name? And he he turns around and puts his arms on his waist. He goes, Alex Van Halen. <laughs> and I just went, ah. <laughs> oh man uh, that was i think that was 1991 uh the mm-hmm. monsters of rock tour it's it's the big black drum set that rotated around you know <laughs> oh god it was crazy but anyway <laughs> oh that's hilarious that's i had no I, idea I, I gotta tell you a quick retail story when i was working at at Wordless for music in boston in the, in the late 70s 80s and this was 1981 i remember the year uh, it was a Saturday. I get a phone call and this guy says on the phone, do you have, do you have any 20 inch Peisty 2002 crashes or mediums in stock? And I said, I said, yeah, we, I, I got a few, I don't know, you know, not a lot. We didn't sell a lot of those symbols at that time. Can you hold them for me? I said, sure. I don't know if he gave me a name or not, but two guys come in long hair, kind of like Southern accents. Uh, one guy was wearing like overalls. And, you know, they definitely weren't Berkeley students that I could tell, you know, older guys. <laughs> so so they uh, they come back and they they try. I, I think they took all the 20 Peisty 2002s that I had, which were maybe four or five. They took them all. And uh, I'm writing up the receipt. And they said, can you make it out to 38 special? And I said, <laughs> oh, 38 special. Yeah. I, they just had that hit song. It was on the radio at the time. Hold on loosely. And I said. Uh, uh, I said, oh, yeah, I, I love you guys. Yeah. I, I, are you guys are you guys the roadies? And they looked at each other and started laughing. They said, no, we're the drummers. <laughs> and, and they said, hey, shit, want, Johnny. yeah, and they, they were playing that night at the Orpheum Theater. They said, you want to come to the show? I said, yeah, actually, my band's not working. Yeah. And I went to the gig and I brought my friend Mike Mahoney. We sat like in the front row. And uh, and and they saw me and like waved to me. It was like the funniest <laughs> shit. <laughs> Great story, John. That's awesome. That's cool stuff. Oh, but I, my stories don't compare to yours, guys. You guys, oh, yeah, they do. I mean, you could it's you could put fun. out a, all in fun, John. A, a best of pro drum story DVD. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, X-rated. Guys, this has been awesome. I, I know there's probably lots more that people would love to have you talk about. So maybe we can do it again. Hell yeah, I got 